Profile. Joining the dots. Whether working with an orchestra, a solo artist or a rock band, Fiona Bryce is most at home when she's bringing two musical worlds together. Profile by Katie Nichols. Type Fiona Bryce's name into YouTube and the results are a kaleidoscope pick and mix. Fiona arranging Mozart for string quartet as the collaborative composer for the London Mozart players, Fiona playing West End Girls with Brian Mulco from Placebo, or performing on stage with Ed Harcourt, or Fiona featuring on John Grant's stirring track Glacier, upon which she arranged the strings. It's a snapshot into a varied career that has seen the Northamptonshire-born arranger, composer and violinist play a significant role in bridging the gap between the rock and classical worlds. During the 1990s at King's College and the Royal Academy of Music, Fiona was busy finding common ground between the two genres. In the evenings, she was out treading the stages of London's indie scene with the band Dream City Film Club. We were always performing at the borderline, she tells the MU. The 12 Bar, Astoria, and what was the one with the really sticky carpet? Oh yeah, the Bull and Gate. Crossing the Divide I always grew up with one foot in the classical world and one foot in the rock world, says Fiona. My influences would be Bartok and Prince. I didn't really see the genre distinction between them. I'd listen to Blondie, Prince, Transvision Vamp, and because I was learning violin, I'd be playing Shostakovich and Bach, and for me it was all part of the same pot. Her natural ease dovetailing classical into rock and pop has resulted in a successful career that includes commissions from the BBC Philharmonic and the Royal Northern Symphonia, tours with Jay-Z and Kanye West, collaborations with Anna Calvi and Roy Harper, and long-term working relationships with Placebo and John Grant. If there are strings and brass on it, it's me, she says. For Fiona, who is as confident in the rock arena as she is leading the orchestra, it's a seamless marriage, but she recognises that it can be an uncomfortable relationship for both parties. The core of the classical world is pretty cliquey, she says, and can be slow to change, and the rock world is a bit intimidated by classical musicians in a way that they just don't need to be there's a general sense of misunderstanding between the camps. One of the things I try to do is dispel those myths straight away and bridge the gap so that people realise that they're all coming from the same place. An auspicious time. Raised in a non-musical family, Fiona began recording her voice as a small child on her mum's dictaphone, picking up the violin aged seven. Music was something I always did, but no one thought it was a career, she says. It was still a revelation to her that arranging was a career when she tumbled into her first commission from Michael Sheehy of Dream City Film Club, who asked her to compose strings for three tracks on Sweet Blue Genre. London in the 1990s was an auspicious time to be a musician, remembers Fiona, and a particularly fecund era for creatives. There was money knocking around, she says. People had budgets and would say, let's have a string quartet and let's take a string player on tour even for small indie bands. Brian Molko always says that Placebo's success came off the back of the Spice Girls because the label had money and were willing to risk it. Now it's tough. A day in the life. Fiona resigned from Placebo in 2017 to pursue her own projects after multiple trips around the world. It was never dull, she says, and I have hundreds of stories, not that I can tell you any of them. She won't be persuaded either, and so the conversation turns to her other long-term musical partner, John Grant. He has such a powerful voice that I'm never going to swamp him. With some singers, you worry that you're going to overload the track and they'll never cut through. They can't really take that level of orchestration. 
but with John there's no danger of that. His songs are so harmonically interesting they just suit it. Anyone who enjoyed John Grant's 2014 collaboration with the BBC Philharmonic and the subsequent tour with the Royal Northern Symphonia will appreciate the finesse with which Fiona's arrangements weave into Grant's compositions. It was an amazing opportunity to expand on what we'd put on the record, says Fiona, recalling the UK tour with the RNS. John's really hands-on with the arrangements, so he'd describe what he wanted and I'd write the ideas and send these crappy MP3 demos to him. I know he doesn't listen to them, but it's part of the process I feel I should share. There are some things he doesn't like or I should avoid, but in general we have quite similar musical tastes and classical backgrounds. He's hilarious, she continues. He's a super intelligent guy. He speaks nine languages. He's made very public his struggles with life and he's vulnerable like us all. But my conversations with John are heavily sarcastic and funny and involve a lot of geeky language jokes and obscure musical references. Fiona says that most musicians are quite open when it comes to arranging. I find that they're delighted that they found someone who's going to make it happen, she says. And I think it's really intimidating to stand in front of an orchestra and they tend to be more concerned with the practicality of performance than they are about the intricacies of what the second clarinet is playing. Team player Her resignation from placebo, says Fiona, was financially a bit kamikaze but was a pivotal moment in her deciding whether to continue on the two-year tour schedules or focus on other projects and her own solo work. Her debut album, Postcards From, released in 2016, is a collection of ten emotive instrumental tracks, musical selfies, inspired by the places she has lived and visited. For a musician who sees herself as a team player, going solo presents its own challenges. I used to be really confident playing the piano on stage, she says, and recently I find myself a bit nervous because my own stuff is really quiet and ambient. When you're backing away on a rock track, that's one thing, but when you're playing pin-drop music, you suddenly become painfully aware of every moment. Kelly Jones from the Stereophonics calls it walking the tightrope. I did this tune with him last year and we were performing a particularly quiet set and there were only four of us on stage and we were all having the same experience. It's terrifying. In fact, it was her desire to be part of a community that brought her to the violin, a technically difficult instrument that she says was her gateway to playing with other people. That's what made me interested in it. I mean, it's physically close to the voice, she says. It's right there, and I can be really expressive on the violin. I'm not the most technically accomplished player by a long shot, but I really know how to make it speak my truth. Making it happen. Whether she's in the studio, or on stage, or conducting an orchestra, Fiona's sense of musical oneness goes beyond just the musicians that surround her. I love being in the studio with an orchestra or session musician, she reveals. So when we've got past the demo stage and we're in the room making it happen, I feel so privileged to be in Air or Abbey Road. To be in those studios with some of the best session musicians in the world, I find that to be an honour. You feel part of a huge heritage. I genuinely feel like I'm part of something bigger. It's a privilege she likes to share with up-and-coming musicians as a mentor for Sage Gateshead working on its summer sessions series. It's a real intense period of creativity, she says, and I'm hugely inspired by the artists I see coming through there. They're really creative with technology, and they don't seem to be scared of the genre divide. When asking a musician who's so clearly respected in both the classical and rock worlds about what a career highlight is, you'd expect it to elicit a certain amount of deliberation. 
but Fiona is quick to respond. Doing the John Grant stuff was a highlight and the success was obvious, she says. People really enjoyed the gig and the atmosphere was electric and for me those tracks were some of my most successful blend of orchestra and band. But I also did some stuff with Jarvis Cocker and the BBC Proms, which again was just one of those nights. I was a huge pulp fan when I was younger, but to work with him and hear the orchestrations come alive in the Albert Hall, that was pretty special. I got to write for the organ in the Albert Hall, which is a bespoke instrument. There's nothing like it in the world. I had to go and sit with the organist while he talked me through its more special features. It was a real stand-back moment. It makes you feel like you're part of a bigger picture. Joining the MU I've been a member for a long time, says Fiona. I joined and left and joined again. I did that initial thing as a musician working in an indie band, thinking, oh, it doesn't understand my world. But the problem with that was I hadn't done big enough gigs yet. Once you start contracting other musicians and bringing other people in the studio, you realise that there's paperwork that needs to be done. It's my first port of call for advice as a fixer, and I'm a registered contractor with the MU, so I have a safety net. If there's anything I'm unsure about, I can run it past the MU. I think the MU culture is changing fast, and for the better, in understanding the diversity of musicians. I'm a classical violinist, but I'm also a session player and a solo artist, and an arranger, and I work all over the world. And I just like being part of something, part of the team. <laughs>